If you started out the campaign as a paladin, but ended up as a human fighter, well, then you just might be playing it wrong. Welcome to Playing It Wrong. Podcast about RPGs, fun, food, more RPGs. Grab your dice, sit back, and get ready to play it wrong. Yeah, I ain't complaining, but yeah, I actually was that guy. It was the first time I played a paladin, though. It was AD&D, and no grudge against Game Master, because, well, I deserved it. Okay, yeah, sure, he was an evil NPC, but I still shouldn't use him as a trap detector. Anyway, let's go on with the episode. Oh, we got lots of moving parts around the casa. I've got some ribs on the smoker, and already made the pasta salad for this evening. But, hey, in the next couple of weeks, there's going to be even more, 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 more. What more? I really have got to kick this Patreon into overdrive and start posting about it and putting some stuff up there and some little teasers up there. What else have I got to do? Uh, well, i got to get some stuff on drive through, And I've got a lot of stuff to do and to prep for that Blight campaign. So, it's going to be a crazy week. Wish me luck, kids. Wish me luck. Anyway, dear listeners, I guess I should get on to the meat of this episode. In this episode, I'm going to do a little ramble on why fantasy? Why is fantasy the genre that seems to stick with RPGs? Why isn't it sci-fi or superheroes or pulp? Why fantasy? Why did fantasy hit in this niche? I got some theory. Now, the most obvious, of course, is, uh, well, that was the first, you know, first RPGs. You know, D&D, there was RuneQuest, there was Empire of the Petal Throne, Tunnels and Trolls, all that. That was all fantasy. But then why did it maintain? Why did it still keep going after all those years after the hobby got moving? Why didn't Traveler take over or, or some other gamer genre? Well, here's my idea. Because fantasy, in a way, is kind of simple and generic. A sword is a sword is a sword. Generally, the spells hmm, kind of the same, whether you name it Arcane Blast, Magic Missile, Ray of whatever. No matter which game you're playing, the, the array of spells were about the same. But when you start hitting into, well, let's say, science fiction, pretty much every science fiction game is tied to the setting. And there's very little, or it's very difficult to get away from that setting. And everyone that's tried to be really generic was really, really cumbersome. All right, and then we can go on to, like, superheroes, same thing. In a way, it is kind of, superheroes is, like, one of those, in my opinion, holy grails of RPGs. So I was looking at some superhero games last night because I don't know, just the wild hair hit me. It's like, maybe run a supers game sometime. And I was looking at uh, Super Survised Edition, Icons, uh, Prowlers and Paragons, and what else? Uh, Guardians, the white box version. I was looking at those, and I had played Champions before, and I have played Godlike and Wild Talents before. And there's a lot of things that make superhero games really tough. Champions, you need a spreadsheet. It's really intensive and very, very, very tactical and technical. On the other end, you've got games like Icons, where it's very story-driven and very abstract. And I really personally haven't found a game that strikes the happy medium that much. Like Wild Talents and Godlike are just weird on their own. Just check it out on Arc Dream. Those two are interesting, interesting one-roll engine, but it's kind of weird on its own. So Supers games are really hard to, I think, hard to write for designers and hard a lot of times for players to play. And for Supers, you really got to buy into that genre. If you don't buy into the genre, 
Not that much fun. Now, what about pulp? Pulp is fun, but pulp... Pulp, I don't think, hits the mainstream feel that fantasy does, because while there's lots of classic pulp literature, and you can see the influences in movies like Raiders of the Lost Ark, or even a few influences in classic movies, anything film noir, is, you know, in my opinion, kind of pulpish, even though it, it's kind of the same era. But still, that might not be everybody's ball of wax. Let's say so we grew up in things besides Lord of the Rings that pretty much everybody knows. The Tales of Robin Hood, Sinbad the Sailor. Um, what was that other guy? Oh, yeah, that King Arthur guy. These are generally well-known tales. And, you know, lesser knowns, you've got things like Beowulf and Gilgamesh, you know, and, and the whole appendix and thing and the uh, AD&D DMG of, you know, Clark Ashton Smith, Robert E. Howard. You know, practically everybody in the world knows who Conan the Barbarian is. No matter what country you're in, you've probably heard of it or, you know, seen something of it. So these things are more in the mainstream than the other genres, like I said. So that is my theory as to why I think that fantasy has kind of become the genre of RPGs. Even though there's plenty of good RPGs for different genres out there, and I love lots of them, but I think that's why fantasy became the, the sticking point of the RPG hobby in general. I have absolutely no facts, no solid research, and like I say on the blog, and I think I say in, well, I say it on the blog anyway, I ain't no academic, I ain't no scholar, I'm just a guy making shit up. I don't say that, but you get the idea. So that's just my opinion. You can have a different opinion. Hey, let me know. Drop me an email, magicpigmedia at gmail.com. Leave a comment on the blog. Or, hey, since this is on Anchor, you can leave a voicemail and hear your melodious voice respond and tell me how stupid I am with that crazy idea. So with that, I think it's time to move on to the session summary. Session summary. Ah, what happened last week in gaming? That was the Labyrinth Lord game, and they started on a great adventure. Of course, I'm talking about the Lost Caverns of Zogacant. I, I can't pronounce that. Why did? Why why are so many modules have these weird freaking names? But Zogacant, you know, the one with the Bahir on the cover. Hint, spoiler alert, you're fighting freaking Bahir. Uh, the party was missing the Paladin this week, but hey, they still managed... And they only got barely into a couple rooms. I kind of skipped the whole wilderness thing to jump right into it because the players are chomping at the bit to uh, do the blight because apparently I did a really good job of selling it to them. And, well, we'll see how that goes. But they only got into a couple rooms. They have done the Corridor of Bats, which without a magic user at that level was really a pain. Yeah, they had a hard time with bats and Sturges too. And considering their level, they shouldn't, but hey, they're going to get to the tougher stuff next week. Actually, week after next, because coming up this week is the Delta Green campaign. And let's see if my character goes insane or survives. But it was a fun time was had by all. Nothing really strange happened yet anyway, but it's going to. I know it will. I know these players. All right. That's what happened in gaming this week. It's time for the news. Frog God Games has a cool Indiegogo campaign going on, and as of this recording, there are 11 days left in it, and it's already funded. It's Bill Webb's Decks of Dirty Tricks. Now, I've got the Pathfinder uh, plot twist deck, which was okay, but had some weird stuff. But I'm looking forward to this one. i got to still throw some money at it. 
basically decks of cards that give the GM inspiration, or maybe you know players a little trick now and then to the pull their butts out of the fire. But hey, <clears throat> any handy little fun tool just to make things interesting is worth it. So hey, it's going to be a link in the show notes, and so hey, go check it out, and uh, hey, play Swords and Wizardry, because it's a fun game. Don't worry, next episode I'm going to rant more about Swords and Wizardry. But for now, let's move on to that next section, and guess what it is? This is D&D Bootcamp. Here you will learn about the Dungeons and the Dragons. If you don't, you will die a horrible and embarrassing death. Your friends will loot your body and leave your cold corpse to be eaten by giant rats. Ah, this week, what is my advice for new gamers? Well, it's, I'm going to go back to one of, my old, one of the first episodes I did of this podcast, and I'm going to talk about that guy. You know that guy. He wants to be Batman. He wants to be Wolverine. He wants to be the brooding loner who goes off on his own despite what everybody else is doing. Um, and a lot of times they're also the guy who wants to be, I'm the chaotic neutral rogue who will PvP and steal from the party. Yeah. Um, if you're a new player, definitely talk to your DM about it. And the DM should do something about it. Or, well, the DM may have plan maybe trust them it all depends so much of the interpersonal stuff is it's just dealing with people and sometimes people are jerks so like i said so much of it when there are problems talk to people don't worry next time i'm going to start on crunchy stuff and everything else but the key to make any group go is getting the personal interactions down getting rid of any drama and making sure everyone has fun so that is today's little bit of wisdom for D&D Boot Camp, which means we're going to be wrapping up the show soon, but we still have to have that one more thing that yeah, I think I've gotten some good fan mail on. But hey, here's that one more thing, and you know what it is. Tomes of Ancient Forbidden Knowledge. Yes, this is the part of the show where I go and read and have some spontaneous reaction to, well, stuff from original D&D. And we're still on the little white box and the little brown books. And we have moved on to Supplement 1. And right now we are talking about 8th level magic user spells. So you're going to have to go through all the old episodes and build this out. But hey, let's start off with these. Mass Charm. So what is Mass Charm? What did Mass Charm really do? It charmed up to 30 levels of creatures. So you could charm one 30th level creature. It got a minus 2 for its save. Odds were thin, but you could do 31 level. You get the idea. But still, 30 levels. With clone, you take a small piece of living flesh and make an exact duplicate of a person from which the flesh was taken. So, cloning. The duplicate or clone produced is exactly as the person whom it duplicates at the time the flesh was taken. So, if you were 8th level when that was taken, the clone will be 8th level. Uh, I lost my place. Uh, okay, um, now if the person, the original is still in existence, the clone will attempt to do away with the original in order to assert its reality, or both the original and the clone will become insane. Yay! Insanity! <coughs> Excuse me. The major usefulness of this spell is that it allows a clone to be made if the originator is destroyed, providing the flesh in the spell along with the proper instructions are left behind. I don't know if the contingency spell is in here, but 
if you know about the contingency spell, look it up. Power word blind. Well, it's like stun, except you're blind. Up to 40 hit points. It does not affect creatures over 80 points. Wait a minute. It's like power word stun, except that its full effects work up to 40 hit points. It doesn't affect creatures with over 80 hit points. Also, the effect lasts either 2 to 8 days or for 1 to 4 days. That really didn't make much sense, but I will read it to you again. A spell like the stun, except that its full effect works. Except its full effects work up to 40 hit points, and it does not affect creatures with over 80 hit points. I don't know what that sentence means. Also, the effect lasts either 2 to 8 days or from 1 to 4 days. Uh, who knows? Symbol, an ascribed rune which, is pass which, if passed over, touched or read by a creature of a different alignment from or hostile or of hostile intent to the inscriber, the symbol will take effect. The various runes and powers are fear, discord, sleep, stunning, insanity, and death. So most of those are familiar. But let's talk about stunning, insanity, and death. So stunning, 150 level points as power word stun. You gotta be pretty tough to have 150 points. Insanity, 100 level points become insane and may only be res restored by a removed curse. I don't know what level points are, so the first time it's come up, I don't know, I, another one of those little editing errors because I have no idea what the F level points are. And death, 75 level points are killed. A symbol may be negated only by a magic user not less than one level above the one who placed it. Permanent spell. Hey, this was a great one. By the means of this spell, certain other spells can be caused to function permanently rather than for a limited duration. Detect magic, read magic, levitate, detect evil, etc. It is of the utmost importance that the referee place strict limits on which spells be made permanent as well as how many may be permanently placed on a creature or an object. It is recommended that permanence be limited to one per object and two per creature. Actually, twice per creature is what it says, but two per creature makes more sense. So Magicker may cast one which affects his head, <coughs> read magic for example, and one which affects his body, haste or fly or water breathing are examples. A permanent spell placed on a wish would make the wish repeat itself endlessly once it was uttered. So don't try to bend things. Ooh, that's, let's just tear apart reality with a permanent wish. Who knows? Dispel magic, which are at least twice the level of the caster of the permanent spell, will negate it, so three warlocks can negate the spell of a 12th level wizard, assuming he read it from a scroll and he could not otherwise use such a spell. Mind blank. By casting this spell on any person, the magic prevents any form of detection by ESP, clairvoyance, clairaudience, crystal ball, gazing, including any form of scrying, wish, wishing, commune, or contact higher planes. Duration, one game day. You're sort of invisible to the powers that be for a day. Me. Was he mean to do that to a cleric? So, yeah, the cleric couldn't pray to his god. Would it work that way? That'd be cool and cool. Mind blank. Yeah, no, no, no. God doesn't know where you are, so you can't pray to him. Polymorph any object. This spells allow the polymorphing of any object to any other shape, but its duration will be in in will be in direct relationship to the similarity of the object polymorph to what it has been altered to become. God, these are horrible sentences. I'm so sorry. Thus, there are three major classes, animal, vegetable, and mineral, in various similar forms, man-like, rock-like, many limbs, and so on. As well as similarity in relationships, bird is to a feather, tree is to a leaf, drop of water to a puddle, flame is to a fireball, etc., etc., etc. 
It is possible to change a wall of stone to sand, a mighty tree into a sapling, a feather into a bird, an ape into a man, and such changes will be lasting. The farther away from the above guidelines the polymorph becomes less likely in its permanency it is a function of the referee to decide what limits to place on the use of the spell. Size relationship, intelligence relationship, class relationship, form similarity, and basic relationship affect the spell's duration, and a piece of rock changed to a man will last but a few turns. Polymorph objects will emanate an aura of magic. Basic duration until dispelled range 24 inches. Monster Summoning 4, it's one more than... Oh, I'm sorry, this is Monster Summoning 6. I'm bad at Roman numbers. Get over it. So Monster Nerf 76 is one more than five, basically. And that is it for 8th level spells. I know this is a short episode, but hey, like I said, it is crazy around the casa this weekend. Like I said, we're doing ribs. I got pasta salad done. I have Patreon and blog posts and puppies and everything else. So with that, folks, I would like to say thank you for listening. Please check out the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash they might be gazebos. Visit the blog at theymightbegazebos.blog, and that's B, the letter, not B-E. Yes, that's not a, that is not a goal on the Patreon, but I will fix that when I renew the, the hosting. I'm just going to add the domain and forward. Find us on Facebook. Look for They Might Be Gazebos. Hey, guess what? We're all over the place on the Internet. So, and hey, you got questions, comments, complaints? Hey, Drop us an email at magicpigmedia at gmail.com or, hey, like I said in the middle of this episode, we're on Anchor. So guess what? Go to Anchor FM, hunt the podcast down, and you can leave a voicemail. Yes, now you can do it online. You don't have to download the app, but it's easier if you download the app. So I would like to thank you for listening. Roll dice, kill monsters, take the stuff, have fun. Good gaming, folks. <laughs>